This episode of Okie Podcast is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. If you've not been to Southwest Trading Company, please go do that right now or after this podcast. But the location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southwest Trading Company has so many items from so many different artists like jewelry, art, blankets, cedar boxes, clothing, collectibles, you name it. They got it. So please go check out the store. Holidays are coming up. So why not shop at Southwest Trading Company? Go like the Facebook page. Follow the Facebook page to keep up with all new events coming out the store and items. And once again, that location is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check them out and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. What's up, everybody? I just wanted to let everybody know about my good friend Daniel Campbell's Winter Solstice Fashion Show happening on December 17th, 2022. Doors will open at 4 p.m. and the fashion show will start at 7 p.m. Location is the NSU Ballroom 612 North Grand Avenue, Telequah, Oklahoma. This fashion show will feature seven indigenous designers, vendors, entertainment, and of course, fashion. VIP seating is available. If you would like to sponsor this event, please contact nativebeautyaspiration at gmail.com. Don't miss out on this fashion show, the first one coming to Telequal, brought to you by Daniel Campbell and Native Beauty Aspiration. What's up, everybody? This is Russell Sun Eagle from Okie Podcast, and I'm here with Jason David Frank. What's up, everybody? Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Zeo, Red Turbo, Black Dino Thunder, and now my own movie called The Legend of the White Dragon. Just want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys are the best, and you know what time it is. It's morphin' time. Everybody, welcome back to Ogie Podcast. On this episode, I have indigenous artist, hip hop artist Wootko on the show. What up? What up? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> He's finally here. He made it. He made it. He's a little late, running on Indian time. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was only like ten minutes. I think. <laughs> I've had somebody show up an hour later. Oh so. God! No, I try to be on time. For things, yeah, they don't bother me. Everybody's like, "I'm sorry." I'm like, "I don't care." Like, <laughs> I like, try to at least communicate, so you're not sitting there like wondering, like, you know, my evening's free, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for coming on. Um, oh, I know we've been kind of in, kind of been in contact here and there, mm-hmm. and then, but I finally got to see you perform at the Stenjati show, so I thought that was really dope. Yeah. And I've been listening to your music um, ever since I heard about you. Uh, I think, um, i trying to remember when I first heard about you. I think, uh, is his name Mike, Michael Rodriguez? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He shared a video that he shot of you. Yeah. And so that was the one when you're, I think, in an apartment or a house. No, it's at my friend Jarrett's uh, house. His name, he's another Tulsa musician. His name's Solar Star. Mm-hmm. Me and him are like really good friends, and he like 
he just lets people come over and do whatever. Like really? yeah, in that he has this big living room and it has like a whole setup of music, keyboards, drums, a PA system. I'll go over there and rehearse before shows. And like he has people like artists come over and they jam, practice and so I was just like, that'd be a cool place to do a music video. Mm-hmm. So I hit up Mike and um yeah, we just went over there and just shot basically just me just performing in that living room with my kids a few times and yeah. Just have him edit it and uh I actually plan on doing uh, the next music video with him. Yeah, it's a song with uh, this other artist, uh, Carl Collins. It's called like Moon's Glow. Moon's Glow. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's about like the moon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the glow of I the guess. moon. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know what the song's about. It just I just found this video and it has this it has this like line and it says it must have been the moon's glow. Mm. So I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, the video like of it that I found on YouTube has this like moon going through the phases, and so I I just felt it felt like 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 going through phases of your life, like letting go of certain things, like trying mm. to like write it kind of about that, and that's kind of what the songs be. So I'm gonna try like make a video kind of around that aspect of it. Oh, nice. Okay, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And when are you gonna shoot that? Oh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I just started a new job. So like, dude, I'm tired all the time, man. Yeah. So, but I mean, I did, I did get him to send me the vocal tracks and, uh, I've been thinking up ideas to, and I've already talked to Mike about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's coming soon. It's just, you know, just been refocusing my life getting, you know, I just graduated school wanted to get the job. You know, I got all that done. So I kind of put music on the back burner and I'm still doing it though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like. Once I get to the place I want to be at, then I'll be, it'll probably be like, you'll be seeing music from me all the time again. We're good at it. Thank you. You're good at making music, um, putting rhymes together, I guess. And because um, I, I watched uh, your videos on YouTube, and then there's one that you shot at, oh, what's that place called? The Gathering, Gathering Place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that song called? One people, yeah, one people, and then I swear I was there. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't there though. But that was, that was a huge turnout for yeah. that. Was that a what was that for? Oh man, I can't remember who freaking messaged me. I wish I could remember his name. He messaged me and, and asked me if I wanted to perform there. It was like an indigenous people's celebration thing. I don't even know if that's that whether it was name what it was what it was called, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like a whole indigenous thing and, uh, it's my fa- first paid gig. For real? Yeah. They paid me to perform. Oh, nice. It was awesome, dude. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like you get paid and you get food. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> and all I gotta do is like perform a few songs. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, that turnout was huge. I was like, I was super nervous during that, but it went really good. And, um, and that kind of, dude, that what was crazy about that is like, it started to open up other people trying to book me for shows like mm-hmm. um like at powwows and uh, uh high schools and stuff and i was actually getting booked and then covid hit oh <laughs> yeah. damn Dude, it was start if i was like man this thing's taking off and then covid's like boom and like i was even i was too scared to go to this like uh show at this powwow that somebody wanted me to come to mm-hmm. and i was like i was like dude i can't risk it i don't want to get covid and i just like it had all just stopped when it seemed like it was really starting to pick up it was crazy. That's crazy, dude. I know, man. I've I've heard so many stories about that. You know, like you're about to take off or you're getting booked or you're making waves or something, you know, or you just started a business and it's starting to boom 
and then and then COVID hits. Yeah. And it just stops like whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, I got laid off my job, everything, dude. See, like, like that like I've heard so many stories like people coming on here just saying like the same thing. Like, really? They yeah, just like what you're saying, you got booked, you got you're getting shows, and then mm-hmm. then you say covid hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really it was it was really discouraging at first but mm-hmm. i don't because i don't know it was discouraging but you're kind of scared of getting sick so you didn't you kind of like, well you know i just gotta stay home but then it's like it just kept going and going and you're like damn like when am i gonna do shows again mm-hmm. and, but i kept uh i kept trying to like put out music during that time and i put out a lot of videos really yeah i wrote a lot of songs i still like have a couple i could probably record but um, yeah, man, it did kind of like, kind of rip the rug out from under my feet. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I'm not saying like it's a good thing it happened, but maybe it was, because mm-hmm. it did kind of help me like kind of refocus. And I got to just like spend that year or two just with my little kid, mm-hmm. like just raising him. And I'm kind of thankful for that because I just spending every day with him. Yeah, you know, from like two to three, and he's four now, and now like he's going to school. So like kind of, that's what I kind of like take from like at least I had that. So had that family time. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, and I did because I I was doing HVAC like before COVID hit, and it was like the best job I've ever had. I was like really I took a lot of pride in that job. Kind of like gave me a sense of confidence, like doing something really cool. And when I lost it, it just like kind of forced me to like dang, I want to go back to school. I want to I want to do that. Like I want to do something that like makes good money and that I feel good doing. And so COVID kind of forced me to like, I don't know, I guess pick myself back up again and go to school. And I did it, finished it. And now I just got my job. I started Monday, actually. Really? Yeah. Another HVAC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you went to school for that, too? Yep. I remember you told me that. Because I think I remember when I hit you up first, you were just saying, like, oh, I started school or you're about to yeah. finish or something. No, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was about to finish school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, At that time, I didn't. I didn't want to do anything extra. I just like, I was like kind of going through it, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to work on like, I was feeling like real depressed and stuff. And so I was like, I'm just going to focus. I didn't want any like extra attention or like, you know, I don't know, nothing to distract me. I just want to finish school yeah. and get to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, now I'm in a better place. I was like, yeah, let's do the podcast. Mm-hmm. When I saw you at the show, I was like, dude, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was all hyped up from performing. I was like, yeah, let's do it. man. <laughs> Dude, when you perform, there was like a, a high afterwards. Mm-hmm. It is like better than any drug I've ever done mm-hmm. in my past. Like it is just this rush of just like, woo, because it's so nerve wracking, especially like when, oh my God, I was super nervous before uh, the Stinjati show because mm-hmm. I've never performed in front of a crowd of just all natives. Like, but like everyone was so like into, like they was, you know, cheering, like reacting to you, like you know, just flowing with you. Like it, it just kind of gave you like a, a rush and it's such a rush. Cause you like, you're like, okay, here we go. And you don't know if you're going to mess up or not or do good or if people are going to like it. And then when you're done and like people like enjoyed it, it's just like, it's like the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also hyped up when you're, I saw you. <laughs> <afterwards>. <laughs> yeah. That show was, uh, that was an amazing crowd. That was an amazing night. I remember, bro, I had a, so I do football commentary and that week, we our game was on Thursday, 
And so, like, but leading up to that, I thought our game was on Friday, which was the night of that show. Oh, really? And so I was, like, bummed out I was going to miss it because I was like, man, I was like, you know, like, I'm thankful I get to commentate, you know, but, mm. you know, sometimes I do get to miss stuff. <clears throat> and I was just like, well, you know, I'll catch it next time. And then, like, I think it was, like, the day before the person I worked for messaged me and said, you know, our game's on tomorrow, right, on Thursday. And I was like, wait, what? On Thursday? And they are like, yeah, so you got to be in Chelsea on Thursday. I was like, all right, cool. You know, (laughs) I wasn't mad at it. You know, I was like, okay, so, you know, we get done a day earlier because I guess the school had fall break or something. Yeah. And then so, like, it just, I was was excited. So I bought my tickets, like, right then and there. I said, I'm going to show. That's awesome. You know, and then um, I know you know Kirk, right, Morrison? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he messaged me. He's gonna go, but uh, he, he actually, had some stuff going on. He actually texted me. I was supposed to call him uh, after work, but I was so tired I forgot. Oh, I got it. I forgot <laughs> I was supposed to call him. But uh, but yeah, dude, wasn't it so? I'm gonna actually I'm gonna call him soon because <laughs> he was like, he's like, call your boy. I was like, all right, well, and then I took fell asleep as soon as I got home from work. Um, but dude, wasn't it crazy to like be in a venue in downtown Tulsa and it was just all native people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're like everyone's like hooping and hollering, like yeah. war cries. Left and right, and like everyone had beadwork on. I was like, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I was like, this is this is awesome. And I had my friends there, my two friends that I grew up with, and they're white. <laughs> they were like, "Is this what it feels like to be a minority?" Like, yeah, I was like, kind of, man. Yeah, like I was like, there's so many times I go somewhere and I'm the only brown person there, you know. And uh, no, but they were they were like cracking up, like we were making so many jokes about them being the only white people there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we're like not used to seeing that. And it was just it was mm. super cool, man. Now, I didn't, um, like, uh, the, the way I got on to that show is like, Stinjati was like, what if I do a show in Tulsa? I don't know if he had already had it planned or not. And I just like commented on his stuff. I was like, well, if you need an opener, hit me up. Ooh. And dude, ever, like, I've been like, I've been friends with him, uh, for a while. Um, the first time we like met was, uh, he, he did this video. Uh, it's called like I'm not racist, like a three mm. sides remix, mm-hmm. like uh, Joiner Lucas's yeah. song where it has a white guy and a black guy, but he did it with a, a white native and a black guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I offered to like do the the native part, and uh, so I flew out there and met him there, and we did the video, and it like dude, it went like it got a lot of views, like it it turned out like to be a really good video. So ever since then, like he's always been like putting me on his stuff, mm-hmm. like. Uh, like when he got on reservation dogs, he messaged me. He's like, dude, he's like, he's like, uh, he sent me links and stuff. He's like, come be an extra for my scene that I'm in. And mm-hmm. uh, he was crazy. He's like, he said he sent out a big list of people and then only two of us showed up mm-hmm. and he's like, come get paid, you know? And he's like, he's always been like trying to like, you know, make sure like the people that support him, like get stuff from it too. And it's been pretty cool. So it's like, I don't know. He just, he's always been doing that. Like, yeah. So he just, he's like, I'll put you on the show. Message me, he's like, you're on. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. What scene was that? Uh, for Reservation Dogs? Yeah. Uh, it was episode four, season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see me for like two seconds. What in part? the music video. Oh, in the music video. Yeah, you know where that has like all the different yeah. people dancing? Okay. Uh, they filmed his like parts like in a like a cafeteria and then like a kind of a school auditorium thing. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards we went outside and, um, they had like all the people that showed up for the video. Uh, they had them like one by one going by and doing dances Mm because they were doing like a montage of like people dancing, you know, it's all native people. And so like, uh, 
So me and this guy, uh, uh, I can't remember, I don't know how to pronounce this, Whitey, Whitey, I can't remember. <laughs> but we were going up together, and I was like, dude, let's do the stomp dance, like dancing, you know, like, you know, you fan the fire, or like, oh, yeah. know, raise the fire and, and stomp dance. And so we did that, and they actually, like, put it in. For, so for, like, two seconds of episode four, you know, me and him got in there. Nice. And uh, I was actually uh, extra on another scene where he's on the phone with a, a bear, mm-hmm. you know, and he's talking about booking a flight and stuff. Uh, but we were just like laying in the background, so you can't see me there. And uh, what's funny, the other guy, <laughs> like they kept doing this scene so many times, it took so long. He actually like fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was cool, man, to be on set of Reservation Dogs. Like, dude, it's really like all native people doing it, man. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's cool to see. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know, it was surreal, just like to be like, dang, like I didn't realize it was gonna be like that big of a show at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you get a sense it's a TV show when you see like all the equipment and stuff. But like when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, this is like a for real, for real show. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of great content from that first season. The second season, I need to watch. I need to watch it again because I watched it, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. So I think that's why I said like I didn't really connect with it this time, you know, like because I was just. I'd put it on and I was always like doing yeah. something else. So I wasn't really paying attention to it. So I need to sit down and just Dude. really watch it again. But There's that last episode and then the episode of uh, the jail one. The jail one? Dude. That one was, I cried. Yeah. I cried when the ancestors were there. Like yeah. in that shot. Like I did not expect to be like, I mean, I cried like hard. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Navy people, like you feel that. Like whenever you just like, and just the way they did it, like you just sat there and you just, like it's almost like you could feel like, your ancestors like with you and you just like it just brought up all these emotions i thought about my grandma mm-hmm. and stuff like man it was just a, such a powerful scene i'm like dang man like we really do carry them with us all the time and you can like sometimes like sit and think about it like long enough and just like almost like you can feel them yeah like imagine like what their lives were like and all the things they've been through and yeah the episode man no it was heavy mm-hmm. i cried yeah. <laughs> i watched it again and i teared up the second time dude it's just i don't know why it made me really emotional. Yeah. It was a really, that was a good one. It's a real scene. Yeah. You know, it's like when, who was that lady, her aunt? I think so. I gotta, I gotta watch it again. But when she said, you gotta focus, you know, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to focus and you have to kind of just get into, get into a place where you're not just almost like meditating. Yeah. You know, and, but I mean, like zone in, and somebody's a few people said they had those same experiences too, where you know they were touched, mm. and they were asking for like you know prayers and you know watch over us and all this, and they were it almost felt like a hand was on their shoulder, you know, like just right there, and then they were talking about that scene of like you know if you don't really understand the scene, then you probably haven't felt that, you know. But I think everybody understood it because it's real like yeah. your ancestors are always with you yeah no matter what you know and it shows how just strong we are from still being here yeah. after all of that took place yeah dude yeah it's real like it wasn't even that long ago all that stuff happened no man. no like it really wasn't and you just think about like my my grand my grandma was the last fluent speaker in, our, in my family on my mom's side anyways mm-hmm and so it's like just from her to my mom, like the language is lost. Mm-hmm. And then like 
and those the, the that scene like where they're playing the hymns, you know, those old church songs, and like those songs are like every time I hear that, dude, I always like start tearing up because my grandma used to sing me hymns when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the churches and stuff, and they and they're singing it like, or you're at a funeral, and those songs are so sad. Like I heard, like I think my uncle told me that's the songs they like would sing like on the trail and stuff. Mm. And that's why they carried that like kind of like power to like make you emotional and stuff, and that sadness in the mm-hmm. in the songs. And you know, when it was playing, I was just like, I thought about so many things because like, it really is crazy. Like it says everything that they went through, like those healers and medicine people that like basically held it together so that we could be here. It's like, it's crazy when you think like you kind of live life, just not ever. I don't like when you go day to day stuff, you kind of just like go through the motions. And then mm-hmm. there's, there's those moments, like, especially like with that show, it just, you, you kind of get reminded like who you are and what you come from and like, yeah. what you're a part of and what your people have been through. And it like, it, it hits heavy dude. And I don't, I don't know if like everyone can understand that. Maybe fr- they might be able to, in different ways mm-hmm. but like when you just think about the ancestors like stuff they went through and you know spirits your spirit goes on yeah and i'd watch over my descendants if i was a spirit true so yeah i mean i'd love i'd watch i'd be there to guide my kids and grandkids so it's like why wouldn't they and i feel like you know when you felt that like watching that show just reminded you of like what is with you it was a powerful scene dude yeah it's crazy when you talk about the last fluent speaker, because it really wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to like really sit back and think about yeah. like, you know, my dad. He's about eighty, mm-hmm. but his dad, I'm sure, was a fluent speaker, mm-hmm. and he died early 1900s, maybe, I think. And and his mom too, you know, and same thing and. And then you got to that point of like the whole boarding schools, yeah. even after that too, you know, and yeah. and then we do these language classes and, you know, sometimes we have meetings after and then we kind of talk about, you know, we don't, I don't think we have like a fluent speaker anymore, you know, so we have like, we have, we have some recordings coming our way and some writings and some from journals and stuff like yeah. we have them coming our way. But we have like recordings of um of our last like fluent speaker yeah. actually like on her, on this website I forgot <clears throat> I'm not gonna put it out there but on this website you know she has recordings of her speaking Pawnee yeah. you know like um just different words and stuff and and we're talking about like man like you know it sucks that we weren't able to record more of that yeah like we weren't or we weren't there to document it. I mean, granted, we were kids, and, you know, like you said, like, even back then, just going through the motions, yeah, you, you just you just you don't, don't understand it. it. You don't get it. You, you don't understand, understand how it. important it is. Like, yeah. It becomes more important to you when you're older. Yeah. Like, especially, like, after your grandparents pass. Yep. Like, my grandma taught me how to read it, mm-hmm. read the language, and so I can read it. Mm-hmm. So I can sit down anytime and, like, pronounce any word from a dictionary reading it, but I just, I, I can't speak it fluently. I'm not quite conversational, but I know a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that honestly, like, is like the last like living thing that connects me to my grandma. Like, when I speak our language, it's because she taught me it. Yeah. So, I you know you know I do always think about like, man, I need to learn more. Like, my grandma taught me a lot. Like she did. 
so I need to keep learning. And I told her I would, I told her when I was like, I'd become fluent one day. But man, it's hard to learn. <laughs> it's it hard is, to make right? that time. <laughs> and you don't like get to talk it with people all the time. It's hard though, because you have to forget English. You have to forget yeah. what you were taught and what you're so accustomed to growing up. Yeah. Like, because we had like a Pawnee language class, but it was like one class and it was just like, basic words and that that was back in middle school for me so shit that was a long time ago you know and i'm just now starting to pick it back up but over that time you know what what taylor and zach have i guess learned and kind of uncovered a lot of the different ways to uh even spell words and then even to make them sound better that's what they've done and they've created these free classes to give out to people and so now, you know, like, that's why we say, man, like, we didn't know how important it was. And it'd be really cool to sit here and say, I can speak fluently yeah. in my language. But it, like, awesome. it's hard. It's hard to learn it. It's hard to make time for it. It's hard to, like you said, like, I don't have anybody around here to, you know, yeah. go man, over it with me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll sit down again someday and really focus in on it. Mm-hmm. Because you know it is it is important to me. Mm-hmm. Like we have one fluent speaker on my dad's side, my my grandma. Well, I know we have a few fluent speakers actually, because uh, they grew up in around the a cousin of ours who speaks it, mm-hmm. and so he only they only speak it at home. So I have a few cousins that actually do speak it in our family. I forgot, but like, but yeah, my grandma's like the last like like it was her original language, you know? Like my Dang. grandma, her first language was Muscogee. Yeah. But you know, she told me that, like when uh, she was a kid like they uh her mom would tell her to not speak it like mm. at school so she wouldn't get like picked on and stuff. Yeah. And then I can never like I used to live with my grandma too. You know, she I, she kind of raised well, you know, I, mean, I lived with my mom, but I was always like at my grandma's house. And uh, she would always ask her to start teaching me it, and I try to get her to, like, speak it with me. And we got to where, like, we could go to the grocery store, and she would be, like, speaking to Muskogee, and I could, like, understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, it, was, it was weird. Like, I could understand more than, like, I could say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's because I just see her hand gestures and, like, see, like, feel, like, the tone of her voice. Because when you read it, it's just, like, it's just a word. But, like, um, I spent time um, in Florida at this immersion school for little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Seminole Reservation, and, like, dude, like, you walk in the door, and it's, like, boom, no English all day, and so, like, every word I learned in there, I retained, like, like, I was, like, taking a nap on the ground, and my cousin woke me up, she's, like, Eric, I was, like, oh, what, and she's, like, oh, who need just, and I instantly knew what that meant, because the, uh, the environment, and the thing, like, I was interacting with, you know, I was asleep, she said that, and I got up, so I obviously knew that meant wake up, mm. and so, like, all these little kids are, like, learning it and like retaining it and le- like speaking English too. They go home and like, they, they're like easily speaking the language. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to see. And so I really think like immersion would be the way to bring languages back. Yeah. Like through the kids. Like, I mean, adults, I mean, if we had an immersion school, I would definitely, I would definitely go. Like mm-hmm. I really would. And, um, but I think like if we teach it to the kids and have like a generation of kids growing up through immersion, it would, I think it would bring it back. That'd be dope, man. It would. Doesn't Cherokees do that? They they have adult immersion schools. I have a friend. Oh, really? Went, yeah, that went through it. It's an immersion school, and they like pay people to go learn it. Really? Yeah, like you quit your job and then go learn it full time. Wish I was Cherokee. 
I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I don't want to speak. I may not I don't know if like they can quit their jobs. Okay, I don't want to say anything. But I they get paid to go learn it full time. Uh-huh. So I just, you know, maybe I spoke out of <laughs> people are like, yeah, I can just quit my job. Right <laughs> like he calls her boss, I'm out. <laughs> and come to find out they're wrong. <laughs> or I was wrong. Oh man. Oh, but yeah, man. I, Wootka said, <laughs> yeah, "Do not listen to me." I just got excited about language. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's cool that they do that, man. I had a friend that did it, and he like he went through the whole thing, and it, man, it'd be yeah, it'd be cool to like go through, like just go full time and just be around it. Because when I was at that uh, Seminole Reservation, man, like like you kind of had to like revert to learning like a little kid again. Because you think about it, like when your kid's born. They don't know anything like they just they learn off your gestures, like what's happening and your tone of your voice to learn like if what certain things mean. Mm-hmm. So that's how I had to learn. I had to sit there and like watch these old people because they would have like elders that come and just sit in rocking chairs and just talk to all the kids mm-hmm. all day. Like they paid them to do that. And I would just sit there and just watch. Like I wouldn't know what they're saying, but I would slowly start to figure out because I had to figure it out. Like there's there's no English. And so like it was just really cool to see like I don't know, the interactions and like hear the tones and yeah. So I picked up some stuff from there hmm. and I always just felt like, man, if I ever had a chance to go to immersion again, I, I totally would. I would put, yeah, I totally would. How old were you went there? Oh, I was like 26, 27. Oh yeah. Yeah. How are you now? How old am I? Yeah. 34. Dang. We're the same age. We are? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You're like, dang. No. <laughs> that I was like, you don't look 34. You don't either. <laughs> I get yeah. that a lot too. It's like, I do too. Yeah, when you're in your 20s. I was yeah, like, nope. I'm old. <laughs> I no, wish. I'm like, I don't feel like it. Freaking <laughs> knees hurt right now. Oh god, don't mind me. Yeah. Bro, at your show, man, my knee was banging the dude, next day. <laughs> I know you got to stand a lot, dude. Man, I was running out of breath. I was like, oh, I was like. I need to exercise. Like <laughs> I was running out of breath in my set, dude. Because uh, I was like having so much fun moving around. I was like, I forgot. Like I gotta stand still when I'm like doing it live. <laughs> yeah, I actually I need to start running before I like get my cardio up so I can perform better. Uh, you mentioned like the boarding school stuff from like your, your oh, yeah. parents and stuff. And yeah. well, the reason why I was at that language immersion school is because I was uh, I was trying to get away from like drugs here. Mm-hmm. You know, I um my family had let me come stay out there and stuff, and so I just got a break away from like my environment and my access to it, and um like it really helped me. And like and when I came back, um I started looking into like like what happened, like what made us all like because you know like a lot of us it's a, it's a big problem like addiction and like drinking and stuff. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted to understand like where did all that come from, like you know. How does it trickle down? How does intergenerational trauma affect us today? And then, like, what I started to do, it it started to lead up to, like, the loss of language and and then the stuff I was researching. And then it led up to, like, the boarding schools. Mm -hmm. So, like, the most recent thing, but, like, you know, you can go back to, like, you know, removal and all the stuff that happened there. But, like, the most recent thing that I can connect to, like, us today is the boarding schools. Like, you had those children that, like, got pulled from their culture. Um, They got, like... You know, they were abused and, like, all kinds of, like, terrible stuff. And then they are like, told not to speak their language. And then, like, when they're, like, they get through these horrible experiences in schools, like, they're not even themselves anymore. And then they get put out into the world, like, no counseling, no healing, like, nothing. Like, they're just supposed to, they just went from being Indian to, like, being this new thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then like they would grow up and then like what kind of parents would they be? Like what kind of things would they struggle with? Like so I'm sure like parents like turned to like alcohol and stuff and then it just like the next kid came and then like that they were raised by that parent and it just like came like cycled down like you know trauma just got passed on from one generation to the next or one child you know to the next and stuff mm-hmm. and and like just in, even in my own family I just like understand like like you know like those older natives are always so stoic or you know they don't talk much and I feel like I felt like that was why and like I it, like it all like I learned all that stuff from like learning about like what happened to the language and what happened to us and yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, I just want to point that out. Like, it's important. I think that's why the language is real important, man. Because like of how it was lost, mm-hmm. and like just my experience of like going to that emergency school and seeing little kids speak it, it was like, it was inspiring. And then it's just kind of like, kind of sad at the same time, you know? Like, cause like, it was little kids that like got the language taken away from them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was cool to see like little kids speaking it in an emergency school. Yeah, I hate to see. <clears throat> Because that's all that stuff was introduced to us. Yeah, the alcohol and all the drugs and everything. You know, it's introduced to us, and um, we're just not made to handle that stuff. Because yeah. our our ancestors and everything lived a totally different life. Mm-hmm. You know, when and then when that stuff is you know introduced to us, and and like you said, it mixes with getting out of that system and then you're just coping with it i guess yeah. a way you can and like how would they have coped back in the day like you know i mean there's really nothing it's not like there was counselors like no for trauma and abuse no like waiting for them when they got out of boarding schools yeah just man it's crazy to think about it. it is man it's it's heartbreaking to think about you know because just just to sit here and think about stuff like that from the past is like like I said, man, so much stuff just, you know, happened to our people. Yeah. Like, it could have been us. Like. Yeah. It. I mean, it was us, technically. Yeah. Like, you know. Just in a different time, maybe. I don't know. But, like, man, it, like, th- those people were us. Like, that's, that it was our people and that happened to. So, it's, like, it's real. Like, I don't know. You can feel, like, like, I, sometimes I'll think about it too much, and I'll just, like, I'll start tearing up, because it's, like, I can feel, like, emotions and stuff, and I mm-hmm. feel sad and, like, angry for something that I wasn't even there for. Yeah. But it's, like, because it happened to my people, mm-hmm. it's, like, it. I know I can feel it if I think about it too much. Yeah, it makes you feel those emotions, too, because I, I went to a public school, and they didn't teach us that stuff. They didn't mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, natives were, were removed you know, they were removed and forced yeah. into territory that wasn't even theirs. You know, they were all this horrible shit that happened, and they never taught us that. It was basically like huh, hunter gatherers, and then you know <clears throat> they talk about Thanksgiving and shit, and it's like you know you you held up you held it together with the pilgrims, and you had dinner or something, and then yeah, there's none of the real and stuff. Like, and then they talk about Columbus Day, <laughs> and it's like oh well, you know he came here, and eh, you know you uh, could. Nothing happened. Yeah. Dude, and I then, you know, and then I had left and I, fuck, I, because I didn't know anything, dude. And like, mm-hmm. I was so preoccupied with, you know, sports and trying to make it in sports and, and then like leaving here and going to college and actually like hearing, you know, my own history from different people and then, you know, being recommended books and everything. And mm-hmm. then like reading about other tribes that had to go through the same thing. It's like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. You know, it was so, it's, it, it was a eye opening, just experience. My to whole have. life is a lie. <laughs> I mean, you know, because it's like, oh man, like, that's how I felt. I knew, but you know, like, I always thought it was weird that we didn't really have a place in history mm-hmm. in the school, like in the public school system. Like, yeah. you know, it was always like the president and all this stuff that don't even matter or yeah. whatever to me at least. But, um, and then like, they never really talked about natives at all. You know, they didn't talk about our history or anything. And, yeah. and then you don't go and learn it. And it's like, fuck, like, at least you could have taught me that. Like, it would have hurt yeah. to hear it. You know, it would have, but I wouldn't have like, been 20 or 19 years old just yeah. learning about it then you know and dude you know all right this is kind of sad to admit but this is how bad like we weren't taught growing up i thought my tribe cherokees and like choctaw like i thought the like just a few in oklahoma that i knew of i thought we were the only indians that's what i thought too i really didn't i didn't know there were indians in california and yeah. washington like in canada they don't teach you that Mm-mm. but like they're from the same plot of land as us so why are they not indigenous yeah, they I, th- are. I thought because like I thought Pawnees and I don't think I knew about Creeks, but I knew about um, yeah, I didn't know Poncas, mm-hmm. Oto, and yeah. When I started shit, learning, I, I was like, I was like, what? I only knew of like, like a handful of tribes, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is it. <laughs> like how? Are, yeah, my mind was blown when I started realizing how many there were, and then when I dude, when I learned about the mound builder civilizations down mm-hmm. in the southeast, mm-hmm. that blew my mind. But like. Like I had no, that was not even in my perception growing up because I grew out, I grew up outside of the culture. Mm-hmm. I grew up like Christian, you know, and so I didn't know about any of that stuff. And when I started to learn about it, man, it, it sounds like you kind of did the same thing I did. Like I like just like picked up an interest in it, and I just I couldn't stop. Like I wanted to find everything I could uncover about like where I came from and like the the truth about history, and it just like became like. Any story, like any like book I can find written by a native person, like became like a treasure hunt, and that's how it. Is. It still is like that for me today. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I found that, um, started listening to that uh, other podcast you do, like mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Like when he starts telling stories, like that kind of relate to the history or uh, stories that he's heard from other people. Like that's like pieces of like my people, like you know that mm-hmm. I'm still collecting. Like I try to retain all that information, yeah, so I can like tell my kids when I'm older. You know, be that old Indian that tells stories every time my grandkids <laughs> come over. Like, you know, back in the 1800s, like. <laughs> but like, I want to. I, man, I just love learning about it. Like, it's part of who we are. Like, mm-hmm. of how we got here, and it's like the most interesting story ever like and i love learning about it because it's like a whole nother reality that you learn about a whole way of perceiving different way of perceiving the world like i grew up christian i didn't know about spirits and i didn't know about like plants like i didn't i never even thought about like us being all connected like to plants and animals and like with with unseen things that exist around us all the time like I, i never had a connection to it so whenever i started learning the culture and then started going to ceremonies and like my uncle started like teaching me things like that's what like it really like it felt like finding myself again. Like I was just like, man, it'd be like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like it just, it all just felt real to me. And then it, it was, it was kind of a trip, kind of like a trip out of insanity. It felt like because, mm-hmm. uh, because I was really like struggling with like addiction at that time when I started learning it, and um, uh, I thought I was going crazy because mm-hmm. I wanted. To, so I asked to talk my uncle to like talk to a medicine man because I thought I was like I thought I was insane. Like I really did. And uh, he gave me this number to this elder, and uh, 
uh, I called him up and he's like, what's going on? I told him, I was like, man, I can feel stuff. Like, I don't know, man. I just like, I see things and like, I, like I can touch this tree and I can feel something from it, man. Like, and he was, I was like, I feel like I'm going insane or I'm crazy. He's like, no, you're not crazy. He's like, that's energy. He's like, that, that's something that per, that's in all of like the plants and animals. And it was just in that state of mind. Like it, it was just like so mind blowing, like kind of jolting for some elder to like, to know, like I was struggling with something like, and then to like, just be treated as a human and to like, I felt like I was going insane. And he's like, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Like. And that's what sparked it. I was like, well, I want to learn more about this. Like, what is this? Like, that's my first time talking in like an, like a medicine man or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kept going back to him for counseling, like, as like throughout my recovery. And, but, <clears throat> but, uh, the whole process of like learning about the culture and reconnecting with it is what has been a big motivator for me to like keep trying to grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it, it really did help. And, I don't know where I was going with that. I kind of just spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about the energy. Yeah. You know, now they're talking about we're not even supposed to wear shoes because you go barefoot and that helps that energy, yeah. the vibrations from the earth reach up to basically your inner you, I guess, your soul. Yeah. And so that those vibrations will help you see clear here mm-hmm. you know like clear everything out and everything yeah. but fuck my feet hurt every time i walk step on, on a go head step, <laughs> step on, on a go head <laughs> <laughs> no dude i mean i kind of i kind of believe it dude i mean i mean i do i just kind of i don't want to seem like and who cares you know i believe in it dude i can i can still to this day like feel stuff mm-hmm. like you ever been outside like just like in nature and you can just like feel like you're yeah like goosebumps and stuff mm-hmm. like i feel like that's energy like i feel like we can all per- feel that stuff in some form yeah i mean heck like electricity is energy and you can feel it so why can't you feel things like from other different life forms yeah i mean and native like the native like culture like talks about that kind of stuff too so it just like when i started learning it it just it just felt right to me i was like i want to live in this perception reality Mm -hmm. like we you talk about you bring up the other podcasts and it makes me more aware of of stuff you know and and you're talking about you know, being with, with like with plants, mm-hmm. you know, like I just had a, uh, chef Nico on, we had this long conversation about, um, ancestral foods, Yeah, you know, and that really made me think because you don't really think a lot about the foods, mm-hmm. you know, like your tribe would eat from the original homelands mm-hmm. because I just thought, you know, I always forget. And I said this on that podcast, I always forget we were forced here, you know, and this isn't yeah. our home, yeah. you know, and and during these classes, too, we'll talk about Nebraska, you know, and it was a lot of corn that we would grow. So Pawnees have like a bunch of corn, you know, like there's so many types of corn and we were talking about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, and she's helped with the the corn from Pawnees, too. And it's like, you know, I don't know, just kind of not thinking too much about it and taking it for granted Mm -hmm. but actually sitting here and being like damn we had a lot of fucking corn Mm -hmm. just not the corn we have now in the fucking store but there's so many types of corn that Pawnees grew and then like the things it would harvest you know like everything was so like not mass produced I guess Mm -hmm. like now you know like fucking McDonald's Mm -hmm. like we would conserve and we would 
plan and we would, you know, um, grow. And it's, it's so crazy to think, too, the times that we knew when to plant, mm-hmm. when the winter was coming, when summer was. I mean, dude, there's like, there's, I mean, like, just sitting back and it's like, that is so amazing. Like, it is cool. our people knew all of that stuff. Yeah, I, dude, I started, I've been gardening for like five years. For real? Yeah. I want to fucking start I've gardening. got a big seed collection, dude. And I even, what's really a cool thing is I have a, a Muscogee, a strain of Muscogee tobacco, which is a, a, a guy in my tribe tracked this strain down from the homelands that our people used to use. Mm-hmm. So when I, I grow this plant, and I even gave some to a, you had her on your podcast, Elisa Harkins. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I gave yeah. her some of the Muscogee seeds. And it's like, in my mind, it's like a living artifact. Because mm-hmm. like that, that, for you to have that plant, it had to have been kept alive by someone before and before and before each season, all the way back to the people in the homelands. That it, that thing had to be grown and the seeds harvested. Mm-hmm. So it trickled down, and now I have this living Whoa. thing, the same strain. And dude, you do build a, like a connection with the plant. Like when you grow your own food, mm-hmm. like you notice things about plants. Like plants grow different. You think, oh, it's the same piece of plant type of corn, or you, or it's the same. You grow, you like plant five different corns, and you're like, ah, oh, they all just grow the same. No, they grow at different rates. Like there's always like a leader plant, mm-hmm. like one will grow bigger than the rest, and the plants like react to how much you interact with them. Like they will not produce as much if you do not give more care to them. Like I'm not even kidding, mm-hmm. and it's like the more you put into it, the better they do, and like. You'll see plants like slumped over and stuff. And you can go out there and like wake them up. And like uh, this guy, uh, this elder taught me that in Florida when I was at the emergency school. He said like, mm-hmm. like wake your plants up. He's like, because they're just like us. Like they go to sleep and then they, they, they wake up in the mornings. And like they really do. Like they like, you see them respond to the sun. Like they'll be all like sad and then like pff, the sun comes out and they just like. Yeah. Like they, I don't know, man. And uh, yeah, what you were talking about, like how the ancestors like grew their own food and had like this connection with the land and so i the only thing i can like relate to it and i don't even know how big of a deal it is but it just gave me like a like a kind of small peek into what it'd be like for to have like a relationship with the land is like i was growing um squash down in my mom's on her land one year and uh i wanted to save the seeds but like you know when you collect squash it's like all the seeds are like gooey and stuff so i set them out to dry like on the in front of the house and um i came back and, uh, you know, I was thinking I was going to have to, like, pick off all the squash stuff after it dried off. Mm-hmm. Well, I came back, and these ants had, like, eaten all the goo stuff off the squash. So I just kept doing that. I was like, I had the ants clean it for me. And then they get to eat. And I was like, dude, that's kind of like a, like, we kind of have a deal going here, yeah. you know? Like, I was like, well, I wonder, like, I kind of felt like a connection. I was like, dude, thank you, ants. Like, here's some more squash. Like, clean them up. Clean the seeds up for me so I can save them for later. Yeah. I'm like, how many other, like different scenarios can you build like a tangible like relationship like in a like a symbiosis like with or like a reciprocal reciprocity i can't remember the name like a reciprocal relationship with something in the environment like you do one thing and they do this thing and they get this from you so they do this and it provides this for you Mm -hmm. so that like thing with the ants i don't i don't know how real it was but it just it was to me i was like man it felt like i was giving these ants food and they were cleaning up the seeds for me yeah i was like what man like is that what it's like to have like a connection like with the environment and then to like work with other aspects of like your environment and to feel something from it like imagine if like that was your everything like like what did that feel like like i believe it 
that's what I think about. But gardening, yeah, I've been gardening a lot, and I love it. I haven't gardened this year, and I miss it. Like, <laughs> I miss it a lot, man. Wasn't that what uh, they do with shells? I'm not sure, but uh, turtle shells. They'll set it like with within ants, and oh. then it'll yeah they'll clean they'll up, clean up yeah, the, yeah 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 when they make uh, shells for shakers and stomp dances yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So right there too, you know, it's uh an unspoken bond. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you go back. I mean, like with insects too. You know, I have a lot of compassion for. I just fucking kill them when I was younger. You know, oh, I wouldn't yeah, give a fuck. But I now. Feel bad. <laughs> Now, you know, like, God, dude, like. Because you're in that native perspective, dude. Everything's a living thing. Everything like, is a living thing. It's like, not just a bug. I, like, I, I'm so afraid of spiders still, and I used to just murder them. Yeah. But now it's like, I hear so many stories about, like, some spiders, you know, might being, like, some sort of, like, this is one with the eye. Like, they're saying, like, spiders are some sort of, like, a good message yeah. or, like, a trickster of some sort. They represent the web of life. Yep. They represent a lot of stuff, and so I. It's a big deal in Osage culture, and so I don't. What's that one? The spider, like my um for Osages. I don't. I don't know that one. Oh, I don't know about it either. I just. I just. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) I know it's a big deal to them. I was one to hear. Well, my my ex, uh, the mother of my kid, Kaika, is is uh, Osage. Uh huh. And uh, she has a spider tattoo, and that was like a big thing on the thing. And I, Hmm. if I remember correctly, she told me that it represents the web of life, like how everything's connected. And that's what like spiders represent. Oh, okay. Another reason. So, indeed, I just I don't know, man. I catch them and I release them. That's what I do because <laughs> I don't want to piss any off and them come back and bite me or my kids. Yep. And you know they might be like getting rid of other bugs. True. That might bug you. Yeah. That's what I. Just seems kind of mean. Like now. Yeah. Now that I'm, I don't know. I view it different. I, I felt anytime I have to like a brown recluse. Like to protect my kid, I like have to go. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like step on it. I'm like, I feel bad. Dude. Yeah. Well, like even with that, you know, it's like, it's either you know my kid's life or it's yeah. yours because I know how poisonous you can be, you know, and I know like spiders are more afraid of humans anyways, but still, yeah. you know, like there's that chance that a brown recluse could bite yeah. your kid. So I know uh, when I was in Santa Fe. Me and my friend were outside, and we they lived in family housing, so we were outside like maybe it was like one a.m., 12, 12 a.m., and we seen this little bitty snake rolling through, and he was like, I don't know how he seen it. It was dark. There's some street lights on. He's like, man, look. There's like this little snake going. He's like, man, let's go check it out. So we went over there, and there's a little rattlesnake, mm. and like that's a uh, family housing. You know, there's little kids around, there's babies around, and everything, and. Uh, we we went up to it and he was like, "Holy shit, that's a rattlesnake!" And it was that little bitty rattle, and it was like, you know, and he was Dang. saying like, you know, they're way more poisonous than you know yeah. the bigger ones. And he was like, "We should kill it." And I was like, at that time, I was learning about you know having compassion for animals and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was like, I was like, "Well, how do we kill it?" I was like, "Cause I didn't even know how to catch it. I didn't want to get bit, you know." And you know, I do the bottle trick, but still, you know, it's nighttime and this thing could strike at any time. And he was like, he's like, I don't think there's any other way. He was like, cause you know, you we seen it. And what if it, what if it hurts yeah. a, a kid? So I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I got this rock and I just threw it at its head and it smashed it immediately. <laughs> oh, but the crazy thing is, dude, like 
he right after I did that and I killed it, he said, I bet it's going to rain because I guess over there, like when you kill a rattlesnake, it causes like a flood of some mm. sort. And not even like two hours later, dude, it starts fucking raining and it floods that it. place. I believe it, dude. And then the next day it's still raining and he seen me. He looked right at me and he pointed at me. Look what you did. No. <laughs> 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 this is your fault. Oh. Man, you know, I had a, a weird thing with rattle, a little rattlesnake too at my mom's, man. Because um, she lives out in the country, so there's all kinds of animals. I love going down there, man. Mm-hmm. I, me, I, me and Kaiki would hang around the creek and stuff. But uh, the rattlesnakes would come up on the porch um, to like sit on the warm concrete. Well, I took a shovel and took one. I didn't want to kill it, so I like picked it up and I took it to a field and I threw it. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I like went back inside and I went out for something else. And dude, I swear to God, like it was right back there again. <laughs> I don't know how it got back Whoa. there. I threw it out in a field like far away. I went inside. I was uh-huh. like, oh, I got to go back outside. And I almost stepped on another one. I don't know if it was the same one or another one came up. But I'm like, how the heck did that rattlesnake get from that field all the way to the in that like you know in that amount of time? It, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I didn't want to kill it because I was like, after, especially the second time after it like teleported to the freaking <laughs> porch, I was like, dude, I'm not going to piss off the snake nation, you know? <laughs> oh. Yeah, and like, you know, I like, I'm a, I really am intrigued by the horned serpent, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mythology. So, like, I don't want to kill snakes, you know? True. Yeah. Yeah. All, you, and that, those, those stories too, man, like, they make you think a lot. And, and also uh, because like in our tribe we have stories of these things called like tie snakes, mm-hmm. like these being like these snake beings uh, that like live in the like earth and like uh, they have like doorways and like waters and stuff like rivers. And there's a story like of them helping like my tribal town out in the war times, like mm-hmm. when settlers were coming in, like that like we actually like had assistance from these tie snake beings. And so I'm like, dang, I'm from the town that that story is about. Uh, the tribal town, so I'm like, maybe I should be nice to snakes. Yeah, since they helped us out in the past. <laughs> like, and I saw that giant snake when I was little. Mm-hmm. You know, the one I was talking about that like shifted from like a pile of tires and it turned into a giant snake. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know. Snakes have always just been this thing for me. Like, I'm terrified of big snakes, like giant snakes. Like, but I don't know. I just want to be nice to them. I guess. So yeah. <laughs> I guess they're out of respect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most definitely. You know, you want to. I, it's so scary though, you know, because like I said, I'm I'm afraid of spiders, but mm-hmm. I'll try my best to release or catch and release, mm-hmm. man. Like we've had a few wolf spiders in here and it's hard to just kind of like, oh man, like just thinking about it, man, it gives me yeah, like, <laughs> like they're crawling on me, but you know, and snakes too, you know, we had a snake, a little bitty snake crawling over here and. I caught it in a bottle and I released it over here. But I think they're the little snakes that eat earthworms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't a rattler or anything. But, I mean, like those creation stories you were talking about, man, like it just really, really like almost like helps you respect these, you know, yeah. these 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 beings. You know, they're not. And I don't think of them as like bugs and shit. I think of them like they're actual living things like they are. Yeah. Just like with plants, you're talking about wake the plants up and stuff. And I've seen videos on uh, TikTok where people were like talking to plants and they were saying, like, if you can, if you understand me, you know, touch me and this, you know, this branch would 
be over here and they'd say it and they'd fucking move and it'd be on a be on this person's face. Plants, and they'd be plants, surprised. Dude, plants are trippy, man. Yeah. They are, I mean, think about like psilocybin mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And like I just went to pe- a peyote ceremony. Like those are plants. Mm-hmm. Like we use that stuff as medicine in ceremony. Like there's something there, man. I had a very powerful experience uh, like taking peyote mm-hmm. with the Osages, like my uh, my ex's family. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, do, I saw my kid. I saw a vision of my kid before he was born. Really? Yeah. I like dozed off for a second. Like you don't like you're not like tripping or nothing. Like when you're taking it, it's like it's just like the medicine. Like you ingest it and it starts working on you. Like I guess spiritually. Mm-hmm. But like I nodded off. Like kind of fell asleep for a second. When I did, I saw all these like crazy. I saw a lot of stuff. But I saw a picture of my kid, or not a picture, like a. I just saw my kid standing there, and it. I looked at my ex at the time, and I was like, my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, I just saw our kid. It was a boy, and like now he's here. Mm-hmm. So there's, so to me, like plants, there's something there, dude. Of course, yeah. I mean, you can take a plant and like go to another world, like if you take the right one. <laughs> <laughs> But like it also like I mean they're so they have healing properties yeah like for real healing properties I mean mm-hmm. like uh, freaking like all the pharmaceutical medicines like based off of like plant stuff mm-hmm. even when they synthesize it like because I think acetaminophen is in red root yeah painkiller yep red root's the thing we use mm-hmm. so I don't know they just, keep, they just bump it up I mean they, yeah. the stories that like the plants used to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Man, I never even talk. Not yet. It'd be cool though. I would not be ashamed to sit there and talk to a plant in front of people. <laughs> if people saw me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm talking right now. Do you mind? <laughs> I think. Well, like, yeah, there. Are, people would say, you know, talk good to your plants. Talk, yeah. uh, talk positive things. Yeah. You know, because there's studies that I don't. I don't know. This is stuff I've seen. I've looked at. You know, take everything I say with a, a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, but this is not a scientifically yeah, this is accurate. Just, this is not, no, you know, this isn't, you know, quit your job and join yeah, the emergency. No, no. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that. But, oh, my God. No, but, like, I hear people talk about, you know, speak positive things to your plants, you know, be nice to them, yeah. you know, don't, you know, shit on them or whatever. And, yeah. and just because they're living things as well. And um, I think there's even, like... I don't know if this is real, but there's a video like when somebody was cutting on a tree or a tree, I think, and they enhanced the audio to this plant or something. It was like screaming. You could hear this faint little scream as it was getting cut into. And it was like, I don't know. I was like, that might be real. It might not be real. I hope not because I pulled a lot of vegetables off plants. Oh, God. Because I read you're not supposed to like, like use knives, like use your fingers or like oh really yeah don't use like metals well i I think that's also because like it can contain like contaminate like from the metals like the residue Mm -hmm. but yeah man i don't know man plants are cool like they're the way like when you start gardening and it's all it's almost like the plants teach you because like you have to learn from a process of like you know trial and error and it's like i don't know it's really hard to explain man but plants are like just really freaking like cool and giving. Like you, like as long as you give them nutrients and like take care of them, they will give you something back exponentially. Mm-hmm. Like they'll give you like a squash. You take care of squash plants, protect it, make sure like vine borers don't get in the the stems of the plant, and eat it up and kill it. 
because <clears throat> you always have to like look out for them and you have to keep constantly keep giving them water and stuff you know give them put nutrients in the soil and when you do like you take one squash you cut it open and there's like hundreds of seeds in it that can become another plant next season hmm. and that's just from one and then they produce multiple multiple squashes throughout the season mm-hmm. and that's all just like it's like you give it you take care of them and they just give you back so much like and it's actually life-sustaining things yeah. they're giving you so it's like like i don't know you just have to garden and try and like try it out dude it's worth it. I think it's like, it's a reconnecting feeling. Like it's so like, I don't know. This is feeling like when you wake up in the morning and like the summertime, you're just like, ah, like drink your coffee and you like go out and walk around your plants. And like, they're all like doing real good. It's like, <laughs> you just feel so good, man. It's really cool. Like, yeah. What have you grown? Oh man. Okay. Squash, watermelon, uh, peppers, uh, okra was a big thing. Cause I love okra. Uh, Green squash, yellow squash. I've Whoa. grown uh, beans, uh, corn, um, tomatoes because I love tomatoes. My favorite and onions. My favorite thing to do is as uh, make uh, onions, squash, and cucumbers. I've grown cucumbers too. Uh, uh, onions, cucumbers, and tomatoes, and mix them all together and use balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. And they like the like. I loved like being able to like pick it from my garden and eat it. <clears throat> like you know, eat my, one of my favorite things to eat mm-hmm. s- with from something that I grew myself. Yeah, and then I also grown uh, tobacco, the Muscogee tobacco I was telling you about. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got tons of seeds, man, and it's just it's crazy. Like those Muscogee tobacco plants, um, they produce they're like they're really pretty plants. They like have like soft fuzz all over the leaves and the body, mm-hmm. and when they they grow up, they bloom, and then they have these like pink flowers, and then like the you know you know bugs will come by and pollinate them and then they like start dying mm-hmm. and then they like these pods like on them like these green pods start browning out and like there's like there's probably like 50 on one stem of thing of a side and there'll be like multiple on the plant and you take like when it starts dying off you take it and you can rattle it and you hear all these seeds in it and like they're like little crunch like hollow seed pods and, and each one probably has like i don't know man like i could say like 100 seeds in each pod mm-hmm and you might have 50 seeds on one stem. Whoa. And all it takes to grow one is like you just like take those little, it looks like little bitty pepper pebbles. So like you can take one, sprinkle it on some soil. And then they all, like the soil just starts to kind of grow a moss kind of thing. And as they grow, you start like picking off the little ones. Like it kind of sucks having to do that, but you have to isolate like a main one. Mm-hmm. So as they grow, as they keep growing, you find which one's like the dominant one. Because you know how I told you like the plants grow at like different rates. Yeah. So, like, you'll find the leader, and you just start kind of slowly picking around it and choosing which ones you want to live, and, like, that one will take off, and then it'll just produce, like, and you like, yeah. So, there was a while there I had I had way too many seeds. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, you just need, a, like, a, a pinch to, like, produce, like, a plenty of tobacco plants. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. How do you store those? Uh, just in a dry area. Oh, like, really? Dry. Like, I got a lot of Ziploc bags or, like, envelopes. Mm-hmm. Like my uh, tobacco seeds, I always put them in like, uh, like, put them in like a Ziploc bag and like have a paper towel to like absorb moisture because I don't want them to like germinate or nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, because you can germinate seeds like with um, if you put water on a uh, like a paper towel and fold it, mm-hmm. and that moisture like activates the seed and the seed will start growing, and then you can go put it in the ground. Whoa. Yeah, and it'll just start taking off. It'll start pulling the nutrients from the soil. 
and there's a lot of things like you gotta learn too like dude like you can't plant in the same uh, area twice like in two years in a row because the uh unless you like plant a certain way unless you put nutrients back in the soil because like uh the plants like they pull nutrients from the ground like it all comes up from like you ever like like you can see like the way they absorb water you pour water and it's like it's like stuff just starts sucking like the plants like absorb it all from the roots Mm -hmm. and it depletes all the nutrients so if you like go back next year and try to produce like i did this this is how i learned about it is like all my plants like didn't produce as well the second year because i did it my first year and i did it in the same space the second year and they didn't do as good so the next year i planted in another area and they just it was just like unless you like plant like uh beans because like beans like put nitrogen back in the soil oh yeah and I don't know, I mean, I don't think you can plant in the same area, but it, I mean, what I've learned is like to move areas each time because the plant's like. Hmm. Who taught you how to garden? No one. You taught yourself? Mother Earth. Oh. No. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. <laughs> no, I actually. Mother YouTube. Yeah, Mother YouTube. <laughs> uh, I, I just went for it, man. That I just dope. I, well, it was an interesting thing because I bought seeds from Walmart and you shouldn't do that. Because the seeds are like genetically modified to not produce fertile seeds. What really? Yeah. So if you take your seeds from the plants you got and try to plant them next year, they won't grow. Oh yeah. shit! Unless I just didn't plant them right, but well, I mean that <laughs> makes sense grow. though, because you got to go back and get them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go buy more. Yeah. That's why. Uh, yeah. So I, I just like dove in, man. I just <clears throat> I just thought it'd be cool. What was, did you get from Walmart to try? Just like squash, onions. Like oh yeah, the basic kind of like plants. And I just like, well, I was like, sure, I could figure it out. You just like dig a hole and freaking put water in it. And <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that it, it was a lot of work, man. I was like, God, you had to clear out all the grass and like you know make give it like better soil, like put st- compost in the soil so it has nutrients to like take in. And uh, yeah, it was just. It's a lot of just like over the years, just doing it, and then you know, as I garden, I'd post pictures, and I'd like connect with people that had more knowledge of than I did, and I'd just like ask them questions, and I just kind of learned on my own, man. Whoa, not on my own totally, but you know, and then in like you know, if you garden long enough, you'll meet people like Donnell, mm-hmm. <laughs> and dude, she's like a freaking encyclopedia, man. Like I love talking to her; she knows so much about plants. She actually <laughs> sent me like a ton of plants, and and. Uh, yeah, I still have all the stuff she sent me. Really? Yeah, she like braided sweetgrass for me and like sent it to me. And Whoa. she sent me, I think she sent me some other stuff. I can't remember what it was, but I also had a friend from Arkansas. Like when you grow and you post about it, like you have other people that want to trade seeds with you. So I have like a collection of seeds that I haven't even like tried to grow yet. Really? Mm-hmm. And you can like go online and order heirloom seeds from like, like, uh, like tribes. Like you can get like, uh, I think I have like this like old Osage squash. It's either Osage or I can't remember, but it's like a like a squash they f- like a type of seed they found, and they like revived that strain. Hmm. But yeah, you can like you can order all that stuff online, dude. Go heirloom if you do garden. Like get seeds that are not like from the stores. Like get them from places that grew them and then sell the seeds. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of tribes do that. And then. So we, you got that from Walmart, and you realized like you couldn't use those seeds from that grow, yeah. and then that's when you. So how did you figure out to you know find other? Was it within that year? I guess you. Yeah, I guess it was like the second year. 
I just like did some more research and I just like found out you could just order seeds online from like mm-hmm. seed places or you know seeds or tribes that sell seeds or farmers that sell seeds online. Whoa! So I just started doing that and then that, you know I've been going off of those strains for like three years I think. Damn. I, did, I mean I didn't garden this year, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I still have my tobacco seeds that I got from the guy. Just gave me he just gave me like two cups like it was just like two cuts of small tobacco plants mm-hmm. and i turned that into like 12 tobacco plants and then i harvest all those seeds and i gave seeds out to elisa mm-hmm. and she grew her own tobacco so it's like i love doing that man it's like especially with the the, the muskogee tobacco because it's like it's like we're sharing like a piece of our history with each other and it's just like it's free like it just gives so much seeds yeah like you can give them out to everyone and you'll never run out like if they grow their own they can like collect their own seeds and then give them out you just like keep it going. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and be, I wish more people knew how to garden and, or at least tried, and mm-hmm. then like grew their own seeds, saved them, and then like traded with each other. Like it's, it's a really fulfilling thing to experience. It's probably something that <clears throat> everyone will have to start doing. Yeah, but I mean now it's like so time consuming. I guess you know people say like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't. <sighs> I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's too. It's too hard because, like you said, when you first started. What you just thought it was watering it, and mm-hmm. you know, I guess putting it underground and watering it because that's what I thought too. But yeah. I know it's a lot more than that. I know it's way more work, and yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta be dedicated, you know, to to uh, growing yeah. these uh, these uh, beings. Yeah, you know, you take care of them. Yep. It, it's I don't know. You feel bad like when they all die. Like like um. I think it was my second year growing squash. These vine borers got in my all my squash. All my I look came outside. All my squash were like droopy, and I was like, "What the heck?" Like I've been watering, like all like, what the heck's going on? And um, mm-hmm. they all just freaking died, like all of them, all at once. And I was just like devastated. Like I was like, "Oh my god!" And then uh, I like started googling, like, "Why would your squash all just suddenly die?" And then they're like looked at possible vine borers. So like, go look on your squash stems and look see if there's like little piles of sawdust. So I went and I found the sawdust and like they say to like dig into that hole, like on the stem though, it looked like sawdust, like someone like drilled into it almost and like saw like it collects. Mm-hmm. So I look in there and I, there's a freaking giant worm. And what happens, it's like, it's a type of bug that like lays these eggs and uh, they all just start like hatching and the, the vine, the worms like eat the plant from the inside out. Whoa. So if you don't like watch your squash and like kind of catch them and like dig them out and because you can like you know dig them out and the plant can survive because plants are like super resilient like they can like almost be broken completely off and like just have a little stem hanging on and they'll still grow mm-hmm. or they'll like grow new parts so like you can like kind of save your plant if you just keep like watching them and dig out these like vine borers mm-hmm. and that i just had to learn from like trial and error you know just being like oh my god all my plants died, but now i know what it is i still don't know how to prevent them naturally without you i, I don't like these yeah, pesticides. Yeah, and all poisons that. and stuff. But like, I'm yeah. like, well, how do you like, keep them from getting there? You just have to like watch them, keep an eye on them. Yeah. What are they called? Vine borers. Vine borers. I think it's like uh, I don't know what bug like lays the eggs, but yeah, it's here in Oklahoma, and they'll get your squash. See, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know bugs. You know, they tend to ruin your garden and everything. But never heard of vine borers, and that's insane. I didn't either until that. <laughs> But there's yeah bugs like well, they'll they'll tear you up like I was like man if we were like back in the times and I was the one growing the food like my family would have starved like because I didn't know what vine borers were yeah bugs are they're intense man but they also like 
it you do kind of like learn how like everything like works like when you see bees like going and like pollinating and the only reason why your plants are like even producing anything is because those bees like went from one flower and then went to the other one and then like cross pollinated because mm. mm-hmm. like sometimes you have to cross pollinate your plants like if there's no bugs like you can like take a brush get the pollen put it in the other one mm-hmm. and then it'll start pollinating it's cool man and, and it's that's like cross pollination is I don't know if that's the actual term. I guess maybe. <laughs> Why well, were we hearing that in class? Yeah, like in high school, but uh, you know, I don't yeah, pay you take <laughs> take the spores and put it in another plant. Yeah, and, like it it makes it pollinate, and that's what produces the the fruits and stuff. And ooh, yeah, and it's just cool to see like how bees like and other bugs just like they're drawn to the plant from the flower, mm-hmm. and the flowers like really perk up because of the sun and stuff. So it's like. It's it's like attracting those bugs in, and they're pollinating everything, making everything grow, mm-hmm. and like that's all happening just because like you planted something, and it's like I I don't know maybe I'm, I think too deep into it, but like I'll sit there and watch. It. I was like, nah, this is cool. Like this is like nature working. It's almost yeah. like magic. Like if you think about it, like you combine these elements, a seed, earth, and water, and you put it together, and all of a sudden, like like if you could like fast forward time, it would look like magic to me. Mm-hmm. Like you're like. Psh, psh, and you see these plants like, yeah, and then produce food, and they move on their own, and like, yeah, it's, I just, I to me, I think like, you know, growing plants is like it's a, it's almost magic in a way because it moves on its own, like yeah. it just grows, like, and like, how does that seed turn into this like squash I'm holding into my hand, and how does that squash have like seeds you can put in the ground again, and then and like it produces more. Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it, man. Yeah, it is magic, man. Like. You watch a time lapse, mm-hmm. you know, and and then you see this, just something from nothing, really, pretty much. It's yeah. like you were talking about the little bitty seed, and it grows into this uh, flourishment of, a food of, of life, of uh, a little world happening. Yeah. I mean, there's like these insects that yeah. you know do all these crazy things and awesome things, and they could either kill it or they give it more life. And yeah. I mean, like it's so cool to sit here and like because. I look into like it's science, you know, it's, it's a lot of science that happens. Um, I always think of the word photosynthesis. I have no mm-hmm. idea what that is, Yeah, but is it. that what, yeah. Like, we, like the, the plants sun reacting from the sun. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to brush up on my science. <laughs> try it out, man. It's like, I would, I would advise anyone to try it out, like to get heirloom seeds online. Mm-hmm. Or if you know people that have seeds that they've grown, like to get them and grow them and just try it out. Like, I mean, cause like, as long as you water it like your first year, you're gonna like succeed like some like, and you might lose some plants, but like I think that's when you start learning, mm-hmm. when you start like making mistakes. And and plus, like you said, YouTube like dude, literally everything is on YouTube. I didn't yeah. know how to grow tobacco. Mm-hmm. I YouTubed it. Really? Yeah. Found a step by step process. Is that a harder or is it about the same? Uh, tobacco or the plants? Tobacco the garden no. or both of them? Are they about the same? I don't know. Um, I would say, because I know one tobacco is f- easy to start. Because like, I mean, you don't have to like make a bunch. You start, you can like start out in cups mm-hmm. or like a little like planting tray instead of like planting it out in the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy though is like uh, when you have those baby plants, you have to get them when the, uh, after you like isolate that main tobacco like seedling or oh, the yeah. one that's growing. Yeah, you can't just like take it outside and like put it in the ground because like you have to like let the plant get used to the environment. So you have to like take it outside, set it out for a little bit. And then bring it back in and take it outside, sit out for a little bit. Cause like it might kill the plant because it's really? like such a shock to, cause if you, especially if you had it inside the whole time, mm-hmm. 
Like you can't just put out like you'll be like ah like the sun just burns it up or like it's not uh, used to rain or the wind like yeah yeah you gotta like you gotta have this like gentleness like a little baby like yeah thing. it's yeah it's cool interesting it is interesting I would suggest I would I, you know suggest anyone just try it out just try it like you don't have to be an expert I mean they say like nature teaches us stuff and like that's how I, I mean that's how I learned I just you know you start doing it and like. You just find a way. Like, if you really get passionate about it, you will f- just find a way. Like, there's, the, and plus, you have the all the tools of the internet access to. And when you start like sharing pictures of it, other people that grow, like, you just seem to attract those people. And then you like you connect with people and you're like, hey, what do you do for this? And you can, you can learn little tricks that they know. And that's, that's probably one of my favorite parts, like exchanging information with other people that do it or like exchanging seeds. Like, it's a, it's just a really cool, it's community. Cool, yeah. It's a cool experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you make a garden bed? Uh yeah, I would like, I would make like two or three on the ground. Oh really? I haven't, I haven't tried. I haven't tried like above ground gardens yet, but I think I will. Like once I get my house, I'm gonna like experiment with different stuff. With what above ground? Mm-hmm. Was that like potatoes? You can have like raised uh, beds, like make boxes and raised beds. Oh okay. Um, or you can try. Uh, I really want a greenhouse. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be so cool. Like walk into that little like tent thing and then just be like. And you're like in the environment of your plants, like, mm-hmm. and plus, like, you can like keep bugs out that way. So maybe I wouldn't have to worry about vine borers. True. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna try. So you might hear I'm on my Facebook in the next year or two to see a greenhouse. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate anytime it. you want to come back on, let me know. Uh, I'm happy to have you on. If you have anything going on, uh, let me know, and I'll I'll share it or do yeah. whatever I can. Yeah, man. Let everybody know how to follow you, keep up with you, oh, book um, you, and everything. Okay, so on my Facebook, Instagram, or SoundCloud, it's Wuko underscore music. So W O T K O underscore music. Or you can just type in Wuko music, it'll usually, usually pull it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm not on like uh, uh, Spotify or anything yet. Uh, I, I do plan on doing that pretty soon. But I plan on getting back into music again. Once I have my home studio and then doing more videos and, you know, doing more like live performance videos. So, yeah, if you want to follow me along, stay tuned. Hopefully I'll produce something y'all can enjoy. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody go follow him. Keep up with him. Um, check him out. His music videos on YouTube as well. Um, is there any clips from the show? Send the show anywhere? Yeah, there's a few. Is there yeah, on your page? Uh I have a couple, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dope show. If you missed it, yeah. I'm sorry. Catch the next one. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody, but thank you, Wootko, for coming on. Yeah. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, everybody go follow Okie Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate it, review it. Check out okiepodcast.com. Um, check out Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Uh, if you want us to come to your community to do a live event, let me know, and we will make that happen. But um, don't quit your job and go to immersion school. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Not unless you know you can actually afford <laughs> afford to live. Oh my god! Don't Can't do that. I said that like you can just quit your job, <laughs> knowing nothing about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, but everybody, until uh, next time, peace.